0: it. Welcome to the Digital Dreaming off the Good Iron Podcast. Here's your host, Oscar Lee. I'm joined with my co-host with the most fellow 49ers fantasy football extraordinaire, Samon Huck. Samon, how you doing today? Hey, how's it going, man? Going, going all right, going all right. So, yeah, join Bart. let's go ahead and start off like with the free agency madness for the Niners. Obviously, a shoot well, like I said, a shitload of fucking free agencies, <laughs> free agency signings this week. Um, and obviously, you know, a lot of departures as well. So let's just kind of get right into it, obviously. Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Ward have both uh, are both departing from the Niners Charles uh, Omenihu, right? Charles Omenihu and uh obviously so kind of and uh, the free agent acquisition, some of the marquee names just off the list um we got obviously um Javon Hargrave from the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, we're going to talk about his deal as well and obviously DeForest Buckner's reaction to that deal um <laughs> And, uh, you know, obviously we also got Isaiah Oliver, the nickel cornerback from the land Falcons, top 10 in PFF ranking last year. Um, so yeah, actually let me just, let me, let me throw it to you. So kind of what was your, I guess, yeah. What, what is your overall, I guess, impression or grade for the free agency week for the Niners and kind of, you know, who really stuck out to you most on both sides, losses and acquisitions.
1: Yeah. I, I think the Niners, um, they did a good job of kind of filling in some needs, uh, obviously Getting that line stronger, they know you know their defense is all about you know making that line stronger. So, I would say for this 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 week, what we've seen them do, I'd give them a solid B on mm-hmm. on in terms of what they've done. Uh, obviously, the guys we lost, Jimmy, we knew he was out of there. Uh, everything pointed to Jimmy Ward leaving as well. I think he's he's replaceable. Jimmy Ward is replaceable. I mean, especially now that you got Gibson and Hafunga in the sa- on the safety spots, and then you know. Uh, you signed uh Isaiah Oliver here to come in and uh, you know take that nickel spot. So and and you have Samuel Womack. So you got two guys that could potentially play nickel. You got Lenore playing outside corner. I think losing Mosley hurt a little bit. Uh, I mean, but he's coming yeah, off an me, a, he's coming me,
0: off an ACL tear, but well, yeah. I, but let, let me stop you there because I think let me just I mean even though he came off an ACL tear a tear a six million dollar for a one year contract is kind of head scratching when you really think about kind of you know the cap space we have and what we could have afforded you know to maybe bring him back. Mm-hmm, I mean, it, mm-hmm. it didn't seem like that big of an investment.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but I don't know, maybe maybe they're just like, hey, you know all right, we bring him back one year and then, you know, maybe maybe they just had a sour taste in their mouth with what happened with Varette, Right. And he gets hurt again. <laughs> uh, so, so maybe they didn't want to do that. Um, and, y- you know, I think they're pretty comfortable with Lenore at the outside. So mm-hmm. let's, let's see the draft will tell us how comfortable they are. I don't think, I don't think they'll take a corner in the draft, but we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll follow this a little closer. Let's see who else did we lose here. McGlinchy. Thank God he's gone. Um, <laughs>
0: yes, sir. I mean, he was,
1: he was a great fit for Shanahan's run blocking scheme in this offense, but obviously I don't know, man. I don't know what's up. Like, how can you be that big and just be on your ass every time a a guy's running straight through you? Right. (laughs) I don't, I just don't get it. Um, I mean, don't hate him. Didn't love him, but he could have been better, but let's see, you know what Colton and Makovitz is, you know, the guy who's going to replace him. Let's see, let's see what he brings to the table. He was pretty solid when he, got in there at left tackle for a couple of games like a year or two ago so i i think you know overall niners lost guys obviously we knew guys they're going to lose i mean aziz Al shahir another guy but you know these are guys that they can easily replace through draft and free agency uh in terms of guys they picked up you know hargraves obviously great pickup great pickup a little bit of a head scratcher in terms of the money we gave him given that you know both us do, but it seems like you know Prague working his cap magic there, right? He's uh, keeping the cap hits small in the first year. He's kind of backloading it, giving the Niners out. So it, it, when you when you initially see that contract, you're like, oh man, he got that four year, eighty million. Damn, eighty four million, yeah, eighty four million, right? Yeah, and you're like, damn, he got paid. But then when you look at the details, you're like, okay, he got he got somewhat paid, but it's not as you know. As much guarantee, things like I mean, he got I think he got 44 million guaranteed, but like the guarantees are spread out, it's all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, DeForest Buckner was like, shit, man, you could have paid me that money, I would have stayed. So <laughs> so yeah, it's a little bit of a head scratcher. Four years later, you basically sign a guy to replace DeForest Buckner when you could have just signed DeForest Buckner, right? At that time, right. and people were like, Oh, that was four years ago. We didn't have the cap room, we didn't know, blah, blah, blah. We had the cap room, we just we just decided we couldn't pay two defensive linemen, now we've decided we can do that, right? I mean, Armstead's hit is less and things like that, but I think the Niners just said, hey, we got to invest heavy. The D-line is the motor of this defense. We get to the quarterback, other good things happen. So I think they just realized, hey, we got to go all in on that line. So, yeah, I mean, he was a good pickup. I like the pick up, pickup of Cleland Farrell. Uh, you know, a reclamation project, guy who was a top five pick. So I think Chris Kassari can kind of work his magic there. Isaiah Oliver, another good pickup there on the defense, and then I think that's and then Sam Darnold, solid, solid QB three that we picked up here given the money he got. Um, I don't I don't know what other options could have been. I guess Baker, but I think I'd rather take my chances with Darnold over Baker, uh, given how polarizing a figure Baker is, and how terrible of a locker room guy he is. So. I I like, I like it. Darnold, you know, kind of gives you some insurance in case, you know, Purdy can't come back. Lance kind of fails, but, you know, maybe a vet who can just kind of get you there and not make too many mistakes.
0: percent. I agree with all your points. Um, I think some, and some other kind of key losses, Daniel Brunskill, right. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, another lineman who was kind of a cornerstone of the line um you know Rand Carton obviously they have that relationship there in tennessee he ran obviously giving high praises and it kind of sucks when you see all these other teams with former uh, you know executive admin staff of the niners or former head coaches or co-head coaches who were former coaches of the niners trying to poach all the players so mm-hmm. yep. you know I, I i did see 49ers faithful on twitter kind of you know uh he kind of kind of voiced their their uh, i guess you could say their i i uh, lightly put it uh, a displeasure with that right so <laughs> Um, and then also, I mean uh, Aziz, right? I think Demetrius Flanagan Fowl is is a great kind of a um, great kind of replacement for Aziz. Um, and then obviously uh, uh, Samson Ebukam, right? I was kind of I was kind of bummed when Samson and Charles both left. I thought we would retrain one or the other, um, but I do think hopefully clinton Farrell and uh, and obviously combination of, of Hardaway and for Farrell should definitely you know make up if not you know more than compensate for that. I think ultimately now the only question is really around death, right? And so if the depth is uh, pretty much, uh, you know, if the depth is um, if we're able to figure that out in the draft or we're able to add more kind of solid, you know, depth pieces in this free agency, then I think that will definitely bode well. Right. But I think ultimately, you know, it's going to come down to kind of, you know, Lynch has already freed up $9.5 million of cap space, you know, and I think we still have, right. I think around 9.5, you know, um, so dead cap and I'm not sure if he's still looking to make any moves or, you know, what's, what's the next kind of play here, but you know, I do think it's going to be interesting to see kind of what the Niners do from here, and you know, we're going to get in the draft in a bit. But you know, I do think, and I think from the acquisition side, you know, I really like the acquisitions. You know, obviously, you know, Darius Slay, you know, I think they Philadelphia wasn't just going to part ways with him. Obviously, he resigned Philly. You know, there's a reason for that. You know, and I think ultimately Jimmy G in in Las Vegas, that relationship with McDaniels is great. You know, but it's going to look great, you know, for my fellow Raiders fans and your friends like 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 a mutual friend, Colin. You know, guest the show right. I'll know, right? shout out yeah uh, mr you know 40, 40 vision pod right <laughs> i mean you know i mean he's definitely not hyped at all <laughs> for that signing so you know i mean uh but you know never know i mean jimmy's a winner you know i mean even though the stats aren't gaudy you know i mean it, it, he wins games and you know with the right coaching staff in place he could probably make some noise happen i mean we'll see so hey you know let me M- M- to Terry- be continued
1: so. Yeah, definitely. I, d- I think the Niners might be done making moves here in free agency just because now they got to save that cap space for the draft class, things like that. But, you know, they can always make room, right? You restructure guys, you move money. It's not a big deal. So if they if there's someone out there they want to go get, uh, they have enough cap space to go get some depth pieces. And, you know, a guy I think they should definitely look at is maybe Cameron Brait if he comes pretty cheap. Adam, you know, to back up Kittle over there, solid tight end, pass catching guy. I think he's in a lot of good depth there if he comes cheap.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. De- I mean, so, you know, like you said, so with without getting to the draft, obviously, I think they're going to prioritize more line depth, right? Because of obviously the brunt skill and, you know, I mean, the the McGlinchey kind of departures, I mean, that's definitely going to hurt. So, I mean, they're definitely going to prioritize those in the third rounds. And I think um, in the fifth rounds, they're probably going to, I look for a backup time, like I said, Zach huntson you know, out of old, uh, out of old dominion, right? Um, Who, I guess, do you have a mock draft set? And who do you kind of have in that mock draft?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've, you yeah. know, I just waste my time on PFF and doing those mock draft simulations for, for whatever reason. But, you know, I think there's there's a couple of guys there at least in the offensive line that should be there in the third round. You know, you, there's a guy uh, out of BYU named Blake Freeland. Mm-hmm. He's pretty he's pretty solid. Uh, he's six foot eight, three hundred five pounds. He he's he's a little bit of a you know work in progress, but I think he could definitely come in give him that depth behind Mekovitz Mac, at, at right tackle. You got a guy coming out of North Dakota State. Cody Mott, he's six foot six, three hundred and three pounds. He's also a candidate there. You guys got you got you have guys like Tyler Steen, Luke Haggard. These are all guys that you know can be had in the third somewhere between the third and fifth rounds. So these are all guys that you know I think they would look at uh and th- think about you know adding them here through the draft. Obviously, I, I don't I think they might be also looking at corner and linebacker here. Uh guys in terms of cornerbacks. I mean, there's this is a deep cornerback class. You know, you have someone, someone like Riley Moss that they could look at. They got someone like Travius Hodges Tomlinson out of TCU. They could look at as a nickel guy. Maybe there's, um, there's just, just, just a ton of cornerbacks that they could take a look at. And Darius rush is another guy that I like. He's six foot two, 200 pounds out of South Carolina. So a bunch of corners that they could think about, you know, if either they want to improve that. I, I think they're probably looking at guys that could improve the outside depth. So, I don't think they're taking a five foot nine corner that can play in the nickel. Cause they already got that with Samuel Womack and maybe they view Isaiah Oliver as that guy. Maybe they view Isaiah Oliver as the outside guy, but I think definitely you need to take maybe like a guy like Darius rush to kind of solidify the, the depth there at corner. Um, let's see linebackers. You know, and I, I think a lot of good linebackers also in this draft. Uh, there's a guy here. I think like Ivan Pace jr. Out of Cincinnati. He looks pretty solid uh a guy like cam jones just you know kind of bigger linebackers that can kind of display you know that third you know the third linebacker in the scheme when needed things like that It'd be special teamers things i you know i don't think they have to reach for someone someone uh and like you know trade up but you know someone that's there in the third or fifth round right i think that's kind of their sweet spot they they know how to draft there so those are those would be kind of the guys i'd be looking at uh in the third and fifth rounds and obviously like you mentioned backup tight ends if we don't sign one uh again, another deep draft in tight end position, right? You got, you know, you mentioned Zach Koontz. Uh there's Luke Schoenmaker out of Michigan. There's guys like Davis Allen, all these guys, man. They're six foot six, like 250. So they're big guys out there. Uh Josh Wild out of Cincinnati, all guys that they could take in the later rounds. Uh, maybe if a guy like Darnell Washington falls to the third round, I don't think he will, but if he does, that's another guy they can look at. Just man, if you look at these this tight end class, I would say the top 10 tight ends, they're all like six foot five plus. It's insane how big these guys are now. Um, so I think, yeah, those are those are kind of the guys I'm looking at. Those are positions I'm looking at in terms of my, you know, if I'm mocking it and I'm looking at what the Niners are looking at. I think that's that's probably the positions. Yeah, you can maybe see them take a kicker like Jake Moody out of Michigan uh, to replace Robbie Gould there. Maybe they go younger there. Uh, so, yeah, I think those are kind of the the areas they're looking at. I don't think they, they're going to add much. Uh, maybe they'll add a, you know, a late seventh rounder on the defensive line. I think they'll probably trade up. They'll consolidate a little bit of draft picks. I think they have eleven right now, so I think they'll they'll look to add maybe seven to eight guys and trade around a little bit as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I don't. I think I think that's a great solid kind of draft class. You know, what I mean, I'm not really gonna you know debate you on any of those picks. You know, I think what you brought up. You know, obviously, you know the line is definitely you know a priority. The cornerback depth as well as priority. Um, you know, maybe or maybe not, gold resigns. You know, I mean, maybe it's just good to kind of build for the future because we saw happen when Mitch tried to kick last year and that was not pretty. So, no, that, it was you know? not. no and so, um, you know, I, and I do think, like you said, yeah, I mean, um, you know, also, um, the you know, back of time and Zach, you know, many and others, you know, so I think, yeah, I mean, I agree with your picks. And, you know, we'll see, you know, I mean, like I said, if they're done free agency, then we'll see what they do with that cap space. You know, I mean, maybe, you know, before the trade or after the trade, maybe with the season starts, maybe they're going to, you know, look for waivers and see who else they can get, you know, Lynch and Shank, work their magic there. I mean, I'm just excited for this offseason. I'm just, I mean, not excited. I mean, I'm excited. The offseason has already been exciting, but I'm excited to see, you know, and actually let's talk about our offseason headline. We talked about with Sam Darnold. Okay, and a lot of what I'm seeing on Twitter is this kind of notion that, you know, Trey has not yet proved himself, and Darnold can definitely take that starting position if Trey is not able to show any signs of progression this camp. What is your take right now on the current QB situation? Obviously, Brock has surgery successful, but he's probably not going to be ready for an, until maybe week six, week four to week six-ish, you know, to be fully ready for rehab and everything. Um, so what is your take on the current QB situation, and who are you expecting to be the week one starter when the season starts?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's Trey's job to lose, right? Uh, in terms of until Brock Purdy shows he's healthy and he can play, maybe they they go back to Brock, but I think the Niners are in a tough spot here, man. Yeah. Um you you want Trey to ball out and if Trey is not balling out, that's going to be a problem, right? That's it. That that's that's the end of Trey's uh, time with the Niners. That's that we're going to move on from that guy. So I think you know Trey has to ball out. I think they're penciling him in here at QB one. Sam Darnold's going to be QB two. I think maybe they draft a rookie like Clayton Toon or Stenson Bennett or Malik Cunningham in the later round, something, someone like that, just to get a camp arm, move him to the practice call once Purdy comes back, that kind of stuff. So I think they'll take a late, late round guy. And that's the thing, right? Like I don't, I don't see in any any shape or form this being a QB battle going into training camp. Yeah, it's sh- it, it like. Shannon should make that clear on this Darnold like somehow wows them in camp and Trey Lance is just looking like crap but I think it's it's it should be pretty clear cut that Trey Lance is the starter it's his job to lose he has to like really be horrendous for you not to go with him and then you cut your losses man if if Darnold is starting week one you better be trading Trey Um, (laughs) so you know that's like if if Trey has fallen that far that Sam Darnold started over him you you I think you got to trade him, or or don't let don't let people know Sam Darnold started in week one, and you just make a trade, you trade trade you know sometime in the before week one happens, and you know move on and let Sam Darnold roll until party's healthy, and that's and then that's kind of the way you go. But I think Trey, I think Trey will show him he can ball out, right? I mean, there's things he can do that yes, he's he's been hurt, he's been injured, he hasn't gotten a chance to fully play in the system, he hasn't had a chance to play in like what like three years. That dude hasn't played like real football. So I think he can, if he shows that, you know, week, you know, weeks one, two, I don't know how long Purdy's going to be out or how long they they might decide that you know we'll let Lance run the offense and let him play. But if 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 we see, I think if Lance balls out the first one to two weeks with the Purdy out, I think you know Shanahan's going to have to make a really tough choice. Do I go? Do I go back to Purdy, guy coming off a elbow injury, or do I stay with Lance? And if Lance is balling, I think you stay with him, and you let Purdy be QB two, and that's the way you write it. Right, you. I know. I know Purdy played and performed, and he took you to an NFC Championship game. But if Lance is balling, it's hard to go off him, right? So I think that's it's it's a problem, Um, especially if Lance is balling. It's a big problem. Less of a problem if Lance doesn't look the part. He doesn't look good, and then you're like, okay, we'll we'll ride Darnold until Purdy's fully healthy to come on board, and then that's
0: it's a little bit of an easier solve, right? If Lance looks terrible. And so I think. I think kind of with that, you know, kind of the point of kind of what you just said and kind of with the question and kind of, you know, with the current situation being what it is, you know, I think obviously, you know, Sam Darnold last year, you know, he went four and two as a starter. He had say, I think what they said seven, six, but it was four and two as a starter. He he threw uh, seven touchdowns at three picks. He threw for over 1,100 yards and then he threw uh, and he ran for, for two additional touchdowns. So he's proven he can win games in the NFL. Trey obviously does not have a strong enough sample size yet um, to basically, you know, have that same confidence. Um, but I think there are some 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 similarities between kind of the 49 situation as well as the Packers situation in the sense that, you know, you look at Aaron Rodgers, he's out the door and you look at Jordan Love and you look at a Trey Lance. Right. And you basically have these two unproven rookies. Um, you know, who basically are in situations, you know, with, you know, above average coaching staffs, especially in the, the San Francisco with Trey, you know, with, with, with more than above average coach staff turns kind of, you know, being a QB guru and working to like, with offensive, you know, different, different offensive players and resurrecting their careers in Kyle Shanahan. Um, You know, but I think that there's something to be said about, you know, how, I guess, how well he can tailor the playbook to Trey's needs. Cause I think one of the issues that we saw last year was that Kyle trusted Trey too, I think too much as a runner, a little bit too much as a runner, and you saw what happened when he tried to run the power sweep, you know, up the middle with like like Josh Allen, you know, in Buffalo. And I think if he's able to cater a pay playbook similar to Brock Purdy for Trey. I think Trey may be able to thrive a little bit more. But then again, Brock Purdy has moxie, in my opinion. I mean, there's something about Brock Purdy that's a little bit different. Even though the arm strength is not the best, like a Trey, who has like a cannon arm, I think there's, there's obviously that it factor, right, with Brock. But to your point, if Trey is able to figure it out and you know, start rolling and keep rolling, get the Niners in playoff contention, then there's not much more to be said, right, about the QB competition. Like Harbaugh said, you go with the hot hand. You know, he said that 11 years ago, right, in the Final four ers They made a Super Bowl with that guy, right? So. I mean, yeah, it, yep. yeah, and it's interesting, right? I mean, it, there's there's so many different ways this situation and scenario can play out. And, you know, for me personally, as a fan, you know, I'm just, I'm excited to have two young quarter, three young quarterbacks actually right now, you know, because Donald's been in the league for a minute, but he's only 25 years, 26 years old. He's going to be 26 this year and he's been in the league for almost six for six years. So, I mean, it's, it's nice to have some veteran kind of, you know, leadership and, you know, you're not really going to get Patrick Mahomes every time, you know, but um, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how, how it shapes out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I would just say that Jordan Love's situation is a little better than Lance's because he doesn't have, you know, the looming threat of someone else, right? Once Rodgers is gone, it's Love's team, right? Versus for Lance, it's like, well, Purdy comes back. What's going to happen? Am I going to, you know, am I going to still be the QB? Is Purdy going to be the QB? Uh, very, it's it's very interesting. It's, very, it's like a reverse Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick situation. It <laughs> really
0: is. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's, that's why I brought up Harbaugh on the hot hand, right? Cause you remember yeah. when Alex went out and, and Captain stepped in his first start against the bears, right? He went, he threw, I think it was 20, he would we won 20 to zero or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, um, beat the Alex, bears in the snow, in the snow. Right. And I yeah. mean, and, or the Patriots in the snow, You tell the, Patriots, yeah, yeah, the, the bears Patriots. were at home and the Patriots yeah. stay in the snow. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because it's, it's you know, I mean, my background's not up here because I've c Max the autograph, but I have Michael James right now. C-Max and I have both 23s, but anyways, <laughs> uh, so it's interesting to see kind of how it's all going to shape out because, you know, like you said, the parallels between, you know, Alex Smith and a, and a Colin Kaepernick, the parallels obviously between the two goats of the franchise, Montana and Young. Right, these two, right? Obviously the mm-hmm. the most legendary, you know, backup and you know, starting Q quarterback tandem of all time, you know. Yep. I mean, no or just or just like his roster of all time, you know. Um it's it's always been just like a recurring theme with the point ironers for some reason. <laughs> it's always yeah. been
1: but they've never know. had two young quarterbacks like this that you know that could potentially ball out. But I think it's all speculation at this point until we see Trey play, right?
0: And if Trey and, and, Trey yeah. doesn't
1: look the part, it's gonna be pretty. So
0: and 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 you see that's the thing. I think. Prior to this last season, when before the emergence of Brock Purdy, it was a lot of uncertainty and question marks behind a tray. A lot of people in the franchise who are basically in the Trey camp, you know, I mean, basically stated, yeah, I mean, obviously, like you look at Josh Allen, Trey has the same skill set, um, you know, you can definitely, you know, roll with him, ride with him, because if you look at Josh Allen's first two years at Buffalo, they were just abysmal, right? Mm-hmm. Turnover machine, wasn't really feeling the game, wasn't really reading well. And then obviously that third year is kind of where he emerged and he led the the Bills an AFC Chancha game the first time in 25 years. Yep. So I mean, it's it's interesting, you know. I mean, I think if Trey can figure it out, you know, but again, I think it's gonna really come down to you know obviously how well he develops but how, how well the playbook is, is tailored you know for his skill sets you know because i think you know i mean that's you know to your point right? i mean he has two he has two potentially potential starters looking over shoulder looking over his shoulder because you know he hasn't he doesn't have a body he doesn't have a sample size or a body of work that that's that's convincing enough for anyone to say okay even if he comes back if his injury comes back he he's starting so
1: 100 100
0: 100 percent. so all right let's switch gears over to the uh Let's go switch gears over to the uh, to NBA. Let's talk about your Warriors. I think uh, did they win yesterday? Or they lose.
1: They win. They 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 lost to the Clippers on uh, was it? Wednesday? Oh yeah,
0: on Wednesday I watched that game. Yeah, yeah, eight they straight lost losses it. on the road. The yeah, worst they, road oof. loss. Okay, let, let me let me pass over you. What do you think about the Warriors this year?
1: <laughs> man, oof, <laughs> that's uh you know you know me. I, I I love them, but oof, they're hard to watch on the road, man. They. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing on the road, man. I don't, I don't get it. Like, it's just like, it's just night and day. Like they don't try on defense. They leave three point shooters open. They, they make stupid turnovers. <laughs> I got the hat switch. All right. I see you. Um, They, I don't know what they do, man. I, I it just, it's just so perplexing. What are they doing on the road? And maybe it's for lack of motivation. Maybe it's, you know, it's just, they're just not motivated to perform on the road and maybe they're just waiting for the playoffs to kick it up a gear, but It's, it's hard to kick it up a gear when all season long, you've been just shit on the road and, (laughs) and if you, and and I mean, the only two teams that they're better than on the road are the Spurs and the Rockets, both who are firmly entrenched in like the bottom three of the NBA and they're tied with the Pistons. So it's a concern, man, heading into the playoffs, especially, you know, you're going to have, if you're going to try to win a series, you're going to have to most likely do it on the road, especially if you're, you know, below the five seed or below. So, um, It's gonna be a tough one for the Warriors this year, I think, and they don't have depth. You know, Wiggins has been missing, and I no no idea when he comes back. What what's going on with him? So that's another you know element of this, and they got to get their shit together on the road. We'll find out tonight how they do against Atlanta with no Draymond, maybe no Steph. Um, So we'll we'll see, man. It's good if. If they go 1-4 and four on this road trip, it's considered a success, which is the craziest thing I've ever said in my life. Like, go 1-4 <laughs> and four on a road trip, and it's a success. So it's going to be a tough road ahead of us. Um, I believe we start winning some road games here before the playoffs, and we get our shit together. We play, we lock down D. I mean, when you're giving up 130 points on the road every night and Steph's dropping 50 and you're still losing, like, shit, man, you're not going to win the playoffs either. So
0: that's, yeah, that's, that, that's my
1: thoughts on the dubs.
0: Yeah, I think Steph is the only player at the age of 35 to average 36 and six or thirty-six and five, or something crazy like that. You know, I think yeah, at this, and he's and he's
1: shooting uh he's shooting that 50, 90, 40 or something like that, right? Yeah, he's, he's has that.
0: he's having a 50, 90, 40 on 36, I and mean, that's just ridiculous. So it's like, you know, I mean, it's it's obviously, you know, I mean, the team is not what it used to be, but Steph is basically beating Father Time like LeBron James. So, you know, it's interesting. It's very interesting to see kind of you know, I mean, but again, it's sports, right? I mean, you're not going to have, I think the issue with the Warriors is, are the young players, the young players, such as Kaminga and these other guys. And you obviously, you traded Wiseman and you lose that size inside, right? And that the defense, like you said, the defense is just lacking. And that's obviously, you know, we're going to talk about, you know, now the, the number two seed in the West, the Sacramento Kings, baby. But anyways, <laughs> you know, the Warriors, you know I mean? <laughs> essentially, you know, that's, that's also an Achilles for the, yeah, for the Kings. Exactly. And,
1: yeah. Yeah. and <laughs> I was just going to say that for the Warriors, like, when when you're forced to play Steph and Jordan Poole together, that is an absolute killer de- defensive combination in the sense that your your team is going to get murdered.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: teams are just going to go put Steph and Poole in the pick and roll every time. They're going to make them guard, guys. It's That's that's where the Warriors are getting killed. It's, but, I, but it's weird. At home, that combination doesn't kill them as much as it does on the road. So I I, I don't know. But... Anyways, let's talk your Kings now.
0: All righty. Let's hit 20 gears. The Kings yesterday got their 42nd win of the season by beating the Brooklyn Nets at home. Sorry, at the road at Brooklyn. Um, and De'Aaron Fox continued his streak of double-double games of, sorry, not double-double, sorry, De'Aaron DeMonte Sabonis completed his streak of 20 of double-double games. He has, he's now, I believe, tied with DeMarcus Cousins for the most 2020 games in franchise history with four on the season. He's on pace to become the franchise leader in rebounds. If he keeps it up at this pace for the next couple, I think three seasons after one season, it's been incredible to see his impact as, as an inside. And, you know, obviously just, just being like, you know, that glue in the middle. And obviously De'Aaron Fox, you know, clutch, Mr. Clutch kept going. I mean, well, he kept it going, and he pretty much extends his clutch record streak to, I believe, 183 points. Uh, the next leading score uh, in the clutch, I believe, is DeMoro DeMorosan with 138. So, pretty much, you can pretty much hand over that new, the inaugural Jerry West Award to, to De'Aaron Fox. Obviously, we talked about last time you were here. You basically felt said De'Aaron Fox being disrespected. And he've gone to the all-star game. And you, you know, he didn't really do much to the all-star game, but it doesn't matter because since the all-star break, the Kings are tied with the bucks for the best record at nine and two since the All-Star break. So obviously, Malik Monk, you know, in my opinion, NBA six man of the year. Uh Walter Kessler, who got the DPOG. Or sorry, I think it wasn't Walter Kessler who got the DP. Yeah, I think it was Walter. I don't know. It was Malik or Walter. One of one of them got the got the got the defensive player of the game uh yesterday. But I mean, I do think Walter Kessler has, has been a great free agency acquisition. You know, his length, is size. You mean uh,
1: Kessler Edwards?
0: Sorry, was was he Walter Kessler. Why is I say Walter Kessler? Kessler Edwards. Who's Walter Kessler? I do <laughs> Walker
1: know. Kessler is the guy on Utah. Oh, good, the rookie okay, on okay. Utah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, shh, okay, my, my apology. And the Kings play Utah in two more days. So, uh, or sorry, two two games after after next after tomorrow. So, I mean, I think kind of let's talk about the Kings. The Kings are forty two and twenty seven. You know, the first winning season since 2006, they basically snapped the NBA record longest uh, losing streak of, uh, of 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 consecutive sub 500 seasons at 16. They also basically uh, in last and the second the second the team who that second long streak is the Kings with 93 98 or 90 83 to 98. And uh, after they got quick swapper, they basically went on a consecutive I guess a playoff streak of eight consecutive playoff appearances. The third was Detroit Pistons. I'm seeing something special in this team because they're a young team. This is their first season together. A lot, of, a lot of stands on or a lot of NBA fans on Twitter basically saying first round knockout um, for the Kings. Um, but, you know, I, I personally think that, you know, with their offense being the top five offense in the league, even though the defense rating is in the bottom, bottom, per, I guess bottom, like guess 25th percentile or the 25 out 30s, I guess the bottom 90th percentile of, of, of teams. I think that their fourth quarter defense has definitely been stalwart. And the stats say that I believe that they're in top five or top 10 in fourth quarter defense and rating and you know, also points allowed. So, what is your take on the Sacramento Kings right now as a unit, and kind of what are your predictions if they keep up this this production?
1: Yeah, you know I think they got a pretty solid young core there with uh, Fox and Sabonis, and you know you got Keegan Murray out there. I think Fox, uh, you know, he, he I think he's in the conversation to be even a you know All NBA team, so yeah. he might be you know third All NBA, maybe second All NBA. But I think he's definitely in the conversation there with his level of play. I think Fox has always been a guy, you know, you could see he, he has it. And I I've always been a deer and Fox fan since he was drafted. Um, I, You know, I was, I was, I, I have a buddy who, you know, is a Lonzo ball fan and, you know, we used to go, I was like, no man, D Fox. And he'd be like, no, Lonzo ball. I'm like, no bro, D Fox. So you know, <laughs> glad, to, glad to see, I came out on top on that argument there. Uh, but yeah, you know, the Kings are young. They it's, you know, the playoffs is a different game and you know, they don't, they won't know what they remind me a lot of the upstart warriors right under Mark mm-hmm. Jackson uh you know great you know I, the warriors had the reverse problem where they were really good defensively but you know offense was kind of a little bit of a struggle for them in the sense that they couldn't figure out their fourth quarter offense things like that so the kings remind me a lot of that team like just you know they're on the rise they're playing well i think you know maybe maybe a second round exit is probable for the kings here just given their lack of experience in the playoffs uh, but yeah, you know, they, they play, they play great. They've been playing great in the regular season. Uh, Sabonis has some playoff experience, but that's the only guy here on the roster Barnes. Obviously I forget about Harrison Barnes. He has, he has finals experience. He's been on that. He was on those dubs teams. So, you know, you got, you got two guys kind of leading the way there. Um, but you know, I think this primes the, this, this roster prime Sacramento to be making, you know, very long playoff runs for many, many years. Um, and you know maybe make it a championship run at some point. I think they are missing maybe one one more guy, one yeah. more guy. I think they need one more guy to kind of get him into that championship contending thing. Keegan Murray shows flashes. He's not all there yet. He disappears from some games. He kind of comes on strong other games. Uh, I think he's gonna struggle in the playoffs because you know being a rookie, it's it's really hard to get going in the playoffs. But you're gonna need to ride that combo of you know the Sabonis and Fox pick and rolls to kind of get you anywhere. Um, but I think yeah I don't think first round exit I think Kings make it past the first round second round is probably where they kind of struggle they meet I don't know who they, who they end up playing but they meet they meet a, a a more you know tested team right like maybe like the Grizzlies or something like that that have been tested in the playoffs they have gone through the playoffs before um even though the Grizzlies themselves are an up and coming team but now they've been kind of battle tested here in the playoffs a few years so I think kind of that's the same trajectory the kings are on they're they're they just need to get battle tested here and then you know they're gonna be you're going to see them in the playoffs for many years to come, unless they, uh, someone gets hurt or something. They make some sort of dumb trade later in the years. But um, keep Fox, keeps a bonus. Let Keegan Murray grow. Go go out, get, you know, sign one or two pieces. And, you know, you got yourself a pretty solid team that's going to be top four, top five in the West every year.
0: Over or under 50 wins. This year? This year.
1: How many games left we got? 13. And, there, and how many wins they got right now? 42. I give them over.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I give. Them over. I, give them, I give.
1: I. I think they get to fifty-one. I think they yep.
0: get to fifty-one at least. Me too. I think fifty to fifty-one. It's funny because I actually, what you just predicted, I called on the. I called on Jim Rome back in November, after they after they obliterated the Nets. And, uh, basically, you know, I, I, said, you know, the Kings, you know, they're going to get over 50 wins. and they're going to begin the playoffs. They can win a playoff series and they can run the table. And then Jim Brown, basically after I hung up, he basically said to his listeners, he said, he said, I did not say they're going to run the table. I did not say they're going to get, you know, all <laughs> these 50 wins or anything. But he said, he said, if he said the call, he wasn't, he wasn't unreasonable. He said, you know, he said basically like, you know, he said the Kings are definitely in a position to where they can get to that point and they can win a playoff series. And literally, like I just predicted they are in a position to win fifty games and win a fucking playoff series. So, I mean, I really think it's interesting because you know, I mean, you have also have guys like Kendrick Perkins and others who are basically stating the Kings are the favorites to make to Western Conference Finals. Um, and the West, but you gotta take
1: th- whatever Kendrick Perkins says with a grain of salt. So, well, absolutely. I mean, I'm just, it's, it's, I mean yeah. it feels like a jinx now that Kendrick Perkins told you guys. Yeah.
0: You <laughs> well, I mean, we're not predicting that anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, but it would be interesting if they can find a way to get out of the second round and somehow make it. I mean, it can if they can go deeper? If they can find a way, like you said experience right but they do have the harrison barnes but i do agree with your comparison i feel like they're the upstart warriors not the we believe team but the actual current warriors the upstart yeah yeah steph like, curry you know what i mean back
1: in like 2013 2013 started exactly. showing flashes like correct. They're coming up on the up
0: and up so correct yeah Darren fox i don't know why it just reminds me so much of that steph curry year and then obviously you know the the Warriors lost to the Spurs who ended up winning the champion or losing the finals but then winning the championship the following season in the second round you know and I mean then the following not the season after but the following season like like what you said at Iguodala what happens then they end up winning the championship next year so
1: exactly and I think that's that's what's missing for the Kings right they need that kind of you know that veteran kind of in its prime you can kind of bring this team together and that's that's what they're missing um I, I'm not sure if the NBA reseeds, but it, it would look like to me first round, you know, based on if these standings hold, but these standings are changing every day. They either play like the Warriors, Timberwolves, or Mavs based on yeah. the play on game, all that stuff should be, should be easy enough for the Kings. Uh, the team you probably want to avoid is the Warriors. If you know, they are battle tested. Right. And that's, that's the team you don't want to face. But <laughs> uh, Timberwolves, Mavs, Lakers. Yeah. You guys will take, take care of them. Easy business. Um yeah. It's that second round, man. I think you you end up you either end up with a matchup against the Grizzlies, Suns, Clippers, Warriors. Those are like that's where it gets a little tougher, right? And if the Warriors struggle on their road on, on the road, then you guys are fine. But you know, Sacramento should not they should not treat Sacramento like the road. It's like literally two hours away. So,
0: um, <laughs> but, you to, but Golden One Center is a, is a very difficult place to play. I mean, you you gotta give it that. That's so.
1: true. That's true. That's true. So that's the thing, right? Like when you run into like if you run into a team like the Suns in the second round like shit that's that's gonna be tough right yeah uh grizzlies i would say would be another one i clippers warriors less tough but still you know for a team that's not been battle tested in the playoffs that's that's gonna give them some run for their money right um so that's why i think first round pretty easy i think you guys sweep out of the first round depending on who you play uh maybe maybe a gentleman sweep but i think that's the kings can do that first round and then second round is really you know where they're gonna get battle tested here
0: Shout out to your, to your boy, I guess, fellow UC Davis alum, Minaj who was at the game, uh, the close side seats. So
1: yeah, you know. he's a, yeah. UC Davis, man. UCD. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Aggies. I was, yeah, I was there with him. I was there yeah. with the, he was like a couple years ahead of me Yeah, yeah, yeah. to see each other, but yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a life. He has been a lifelong Kings fan. So yes, no one, no one questioned his King fandom.
0: I still remember when we went on first take and Stephen A. Smith asked, you know, who's the greatest player of all time. And he said, Mitch Richmond. And I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, he's loyal to his soil. So yeah, I exactly. Him that. I yeah, him yeah. That. You know was crazy when I saw him in the NBA All-Star Game Celebrity Game not too long ago, or was it four, four eight years ago, six years ago, right? And he, he was just draining those threes. I I'm like, holy shit, this is the broken ball. Can ball. <laughs> he,
1: he definitely worked on that. He definitely worked on that for sure. Yeah. Because he knew he was going to be in the celebrity game. He worked on that. The <laughs> we, we used to play some occasionally at the ARC sometimes. And he, he like he liked to jack it up, but uh he, he was uh he definitely worked on his threes for sure.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Final thoughts to close out this episode. King's definitely going to make it out of the first round. We're going to go over 50 wins. Nice free agency draft. We already kind of went over that. Any close thoughts?
1: No, man. I think, you know, Niners are primed again to kind of make it to another NFC Championship game. So let's get it. Let's hope Trey doesn't flame out. Let's hope Purdy comes back healthy if Trey does flame out. um, And that that's it, man. And, you know, we'll see what happens in the playoffs in the NBA. You know, King's I think they got a good chance to come out of the first round here. I don't think the Warriors make it past the second round either, so I'm not I'm not being biased in any way, shape, or form. I also feel personally the Warriors will have, will struggle to get past the first round, and if they get past the first round, they're definitely out in the second round. So um, those are my personal thoughts. I think King's kind of in the same boat here because they need to be battle-tested a little bit.
0: Yes, sir. All righty then, folks. You're here first. King's over 50 wins. Niners, NBA, Niners, NFL draft. Saman, thank you for Wednesday, bro. Appreciate it. All right, man. Later. Later.